0: Must be a day that ends in Y. (laughs) That's right. I'm back. You can't get rid of me. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for joining the show. It is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. Our telephone number here is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join the conversation in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, Joining me, Picolas Mountaineer and Melanie, and we're here to, well, do all sorts of fun things and talk about all sorts of fun stuff, as well as take your calls. And remember, we're here seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern time. So if you don't get on the air for some reason or you heard something on a previous show that you wanted to talk about, feel free. Give us a call. We're here to talk about that stuff. I wanted to talk about, well, because Lee was here last night with me, we talked about some stuff that we want to talk about tonight. And I've sort of superseded that because, well, I'm in this chair and I can um, And by that, I just mean that the lead story tonight is something that we didn't talk about. And that is, uh, <laughs> I've been monitoring a whole bunch of stuff about this, uh, the Wall Street bets and the whole hedge fund bits and what happened with GME or the game Stock. Situation.
1: Oh, fun fact about uh, betting: that uh, they had to do a special qualification for uh, the New York Gaming Commission to exempt the stock market because it was far too much like gambling.
2: <laughs> well, I mean that's that's not really a, a fair complaint. You could say the same thing about insurance or driving to work. We well, have an idea of like, okay, slot machines are gambling, and. Going to work for a salary isn't, but there's not really a. If you start picking it apart, there's not really a clear defined line. Like, okay, these these activities have no risk because that's not true of any activity, and these activities are just risk.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot more like what did you notice was like gambling?
0: Yeah, the long and the short of it to me is that you know when bankers and you know highfalutin corporate. Investors manipulate the stock mar- stock markets to their advantage. That's fine. but, when a, but when a bunch of legally protected, yeah, you know, we'll call them regular folk who are internet savvy, uh, decide to do it, then oh my gosh, it's got to be a crime.
2: And buying stock, which is what the internet did, is a lot less manipulation than buying futures. And let me be which clear, is what Wall Street did.
0: Yeah, let me be clear. What happened with what they call a short squeeze? What happened with this is completely legal, mm-hmm. completely above board legal. What, what the Redditors did is completely 100% legal. What they did, what they managed to accomplish was interfering in some of these other, you know, bankers and highfalutin hedge fund managers and that kind of thing, uh, <laughs> their game, right? They said, hey, new players in town, and it's us. Ha ha. <laughs> Here we are.
2: Well, you could avoid that problem by not selling things you don't have, which is what a short sale is. <laughs>
0: Correct. Uh, essentially the way I understand it, uh, the short squeeze is uh, you know somebody borrows a stock, one stock, right just for to keep the number simple. they borrow it and the idea is that they'll pay it back, right? So they buy it and then they hold on to it and they sell it you know when the price goes up and then they return that one stock, and then they keep the difference, right? So if I buy that one stock for $10 uh, when it's low, they sell it when it's $15, and then they keep the 5 bucks and they return the one stock. Uh,
1: Backward. Is it, it backwards? Yeah, that's backwards. So they don't actually buy the stock. You were right when you said oh, they, they borrow, borrow it. right? right, right. So yeah. you borrow it at uh, $15, expecting that it'll go down to 10 sell it at $15, and then when it goes down to 10 you buy that stock and give it back.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So at any rate, this has created a whole bunch of commotion, obviously, in the financial world. Um, I've been paying attention to a specific writer over at Bitcoin.com. His name is Jamie Redman. He's a fantastic writer as far as I'm concerned. And he has penned an article titled, Goldman and Interactive Brokers Executives Claim That the Wall Street Bets Trend Could Take Down the Entire System. Now, during last night's show, in between one of the breaks, Lee, you and I had a discussion about the events that occurred to make this happen are indeed a repeatable model. Any group of people can get together and go see, oh, I wonder what stock is going to be shorted or what stock is, you know, what they're buying short today.
2: That might be true today. They can just make it criminal. If they don't ex post facto it, which is not uncommon completely. Right, but in order in to do that, market,
0: they'd also have to make it illegal for the hedge funds and whatnot to do it. You know, no, unless they, they write in some caveat that says only if you're like a licensed entity can you engage in this particular form of gambling.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean we already have qualified investors and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, just a, a quick correction on uh, on terms. So, what we were yes. describing was a short sell, mm-hmm. uh, selling short a uh, uh, stock. Now, a short squeeze is what can happen when uh, when the price goes up all of a sudden,
0: right? Which is is what happened to GameStop, uh. right? Uh, and it was on purpose. They bought this stock specifically to force it to go up in value so as to make it so these hedge fund people who bought the stock at a lower price would have to pay it back at a much higher price. And that's the thing about uh, any
1: kind of selling short. So normal people don't usually do that. It's uh, it's very much an inside kind normal of thing. Normal
2: people don't ever do that. How right. would you?
1: Right. Well, I mean, you can actually sell a stock short through your broker. But uh, most people don't because the the loss is potentially infinite. Yes. And the gain is finite. It's whatever the price is, that's your maximum gain. So
0: this article says the heavy hitters in traditional finance have been concerned about the recent stock market action fueled by Redditors and a colossal number of retail investors. This week, a Goldman Sachs executive warned... That if these short squeezes continue, it could, quote, snowball through the entire market, unquote. Moreover, Interactive Brokers founder Thomas Petterfee made similar comments this week, saying these types of systemic risk can, quote, take down the entire system, theoretically, unquote. Now,
2: well, and the system is based on things that shouldn't, not that shouldn't be conceptually possible, but that shouldn't be possible in practice. There, It should not be practical to sell securities that you don't have. Because then what does that do to the demand for that security? Now, people know you need it, and it's not a tangible item. It's not like somebody has to produce it to give it to you. Right. That should, if we had a market, do what it did this time. It just exponentially increase the price. It should not be—I'm not saying it should be— it wouldn't be banned in Nankapistan, I don't think, but it shouldn't be a thing that you can plausibly do.
0: Right, because it doesn't obey standard market practices, which is just supply and demand. Right.
2: Yeah, and the only reason it works is because they can shut down the stock market. Right. Whenever they're losing, which is what they did last week.
0: Right. Well, and they also uh, put a halt on the particular avenues folks were using the the Robinhood app. Uh, the Robinhood app itself put the kibosh on on actually using it to buy more of these stocks.
2: I would not be surprised if they got a phone call from on high.
0: Oh, I'm sure they did.
2: But Nasdaq closed, which yeah. I think the last time there was <laughs> I think the last time there was an unscheduled stock market clo- ex- stock exchange closing was 9/11. Yeah.
0: I'd like to refer to Nasdaq as Nadsac because it just sounds better. You just flip a couple of letters around. It is pretty gross. <laughs> The article continues, 2021 has been an interesting year so far, and this week, a Reddit forum called r WallStreetBets sparked a whole new hot topic. Four days ago, news.bitcoin.com reported on the stock market fiasco that started with short-squeezing GameStop shares, but GME shares were not the only stocks that felt the push as Wall WallStreetBets uh, <laughs> trends started leaking into a number of other types of shares. For instance, stocks from the Russell 3000 index were targeted, including tickers like NOK, GOGO, AMCX, and Fizz. The social media craze even leaked into the cryptocurrency world, pushing up coins like Dogecoin <laughs> and XRP as well. Estimates assume that the short sellers have lost $70.87 b- 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 billion from their short positions, according to statistics. 603 Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, everybody. It is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. Yes, we are the live call-in talk radio program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about anything that's on your mind. You can do that by dialing 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Pickless Mountaineer. And Melanie. We've been talking about this article from Bitcoin.com, where apparently some highfalutin executives over at Goldman Sachs—I mean Goldman Sachs and Interactive Brokers—claim uh, that Wall Street bets, that's the Reddit group, uh, responsible for uh, short squeezing the uh, what is it, GameStop stocks. Uh, They claim, these executives claim, that that sort of trend could take down the entire system. Now, I, personally, am a big fan of stuff like that. (laughs) An article that says take down the entire system. Why, yes, let's feature that on Free Talk Live tonight. (laughs) Okay. so the article continues uh, the analysis uh, says that Melvin Capital lost a whopping 7 billion dollars during 2021. <laughs> 70. 70 billion?
1: Yeah, not 7. 70. Oh, 70. That
0: must be a typo.
1: Wait, hold on now. Uh, uh, no, this seven? is just
0: this is just Melvin Capital. This is just oh, one, just one of the hedge okay. funds, right? We we had talked off air about how uh, the hedge funds Sometimes have hedge funds that are parts of hedge funds, and so it's like a mecca hedge fund. Yeah, the f- the hedge
1: funds are frequently backed by other hedge funds, right. which are backed by other hedge funds.
0: And I believe that Melvin Capital is just one of the hedge funds involved. Well, and
2: do we know how much they lost le- yet? Have these shorts come due yet?
0: We don't know the final figure, but uh, this article says, Estimates assume that short sellers have lost $70.87 billion, billion, billion 70 point, like 71 billion. If you round up, Uh, the financial news desk has also been reporting on another WSB trend taking place during the last week as short squeezes want to squeeze the silver market. And uh, uh,
2: that's more difficult to do. It is, but you're talking about actual silver and not vault silver, which probably doesn't exist.
0: Well, we're talking about. the paper that says you've bought silver,
2: yeah, right. Not so you necessarily could, so you could the actual squeeze silver. That the the silver, the actual silver a, market. Apparently, that will be a little bit difficult.
0: Apparently, as of tonight, it's already in play. Uh, there was a social media post from uh, some folks that claim that you cannot buy a silver round, at least on paper, at this point. Everybody's sold out right now because the squeeze is on. It started.
2: Well. Silver had become and scarce is not a real there's no such thing as scarce, but for lack of a better term, silver had become scarce a while ago
3: yeah, um Low they supply. were still
2: selling volt silver because they don't have to actually have it to sell it to you right. now that would be illegal and stuff, but you'd never know but yeah it was it was pretty hard to come by for for a while now actual silver, which it's another thing that indicates to me that vault silver isn't real, because if you're sold out of the real stuff, but you're like, well, I have all this vault silver, though. Like, yeah, well.
1: Almost like some don't. kind of fractional reserve <laughs> that you're selling more than you actually have in the vault. Yeah. Weird, huh?
2: And the price differential was.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's silly. one of the great things about this is it might actually bring the, the price of silver to the price of silver. Because uh, as you pointed out, I mean there is a difference between what silver is supposedly selling at the the so called spot price, right. and what you can get actual silver for.
0: One thread over on the r slash Wall Street Bets suggested that the power of the masses could squeeze the price of silver from twenty five dollars to one thousand dollars. Zero Hedge has been reporting on trends that show redditors and social media users have managed to invoke demand for silver
2: well but then at that point you they would if they needed silver for some reason they'd probably just go buy actual silver but where from places that are selling actual silver i mean you could still get it it's just
0: you're going to pay a high price
2: you're going to pay 1000 an ounce you're going to hey. pay 30 an ounce Maybe. You're not going to pay a thousand, ounce. Maybe
0: if well, if what they do succeeds, well, inflating
2: if, the price of the fictitious asset doesn't affect the price of the actual asset.
1: Um, it can actually. So, I mean, uh, in your theory, like you you buy an actual piece of silver for thirty bucks, and the the price on the page is for a thousand bucks. I mean, you can get the papers to sell that. Like, you can get it documented and then sell it, and if you're selling it at $1,000, like, that's quite a profit yeah, for
0: Or you. if I bought my silver round at, say, $25 last week, and, you know, tomorrow the price of silver on paper is $1,000, and somebody comes to me and says, hey, Captain, I know you got a round of silver. Uh, you want to sell that to me? I can go, yeah, how about 900 bucks."
2: I don't think that would work because people who I think people who are dealing in actual silver know that vault silver isn't real.
1: OK, uh, what, if, what I'm, if I'm buying to a that? Toyota
2: and I'm like, OK, well, it costs $10,000 and you're like, but they have unicorn cars for a million. <laughs> I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because they're not real and I can't drive it but and they're not the give price. it to me well
1: and that's that's the difference there though is that you can't would, turn a d- real I would car that into it's a, market a price. well you can't turn a real car it's into a, a unicorn car whereas you can actually uh you can actually turn your real silver you can get it documented you can turn it into paper silver you and you as an individual market.
2: can sell vault silver
1: you can yeah i'm sure you can transfer your silver into uh the the vault silver yeah in the 24 hours preceding Friday... Like to, I'm sure you'd have to pay for the paperwork to get done. But
0: In the 24 hours preceding the Friday market close, SD Bullion sold nearly 10 times the number of silver ounces that we normally would sell in an entire weekend, leading to Sunday market open, the finance reporter disclosed. In a normal market, we can normally find at least one supplier or source willing to sell some ounces over the weekend if we exceeded our long position. Additionally... Polygon.com contributor ONS s Good reported this week on how the meme-driven stock rally rescued AMC theaters from $600 million in debt. Meme lords and Redditors saved this business, not the U.S. federal government, not the bankers. <laughs> Those groups were actively shorting AMC down the toilet. The theater chain gets an unexpected lifeline when private equity trades a corporate IOU for stock, the author's report explains. And so, the
2: government was the one attacking AMC in the first place, but right. I, I don't know that they were doing great before. I'm sure they had some of a dip from digital stuff, but there's still value in a theater, at least to some people.
0: Well, the theaters but, but, have- By
2: making it illegal or about half- capacity i mean right. that was what hurt it
0: exactly that's the it's the government itself that hurt the theaters by these ridiculous clampdowns on you know social distancing and all that kind of stuff or no you yeah, can't I... open without our permission and oh no you can only open at like you say half capacity or quarter capacity yeah
1: i think this is people defending their actual culture as it's under assault from the government
0: well and i love the fact that it's memers doing this right. not the government right
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to see a a real bailout, this is what it looks like. This
0: is it. 603-283-6160. Who says memeing doesn't accomplish anything? More Free Talk Live coming up. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy to use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. Welcome back to the program. You're in the right place for the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Our telephone number here, if you'd like to join the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Piclos Mountaineer. And Melanie. And we've been talking about this article from Bitcoin.com about how (laughs) the Redditor memers... (laughs) could potentially take down the entire system by continuing their model of short-squeezing, as it is called in the investment industry. And uh, we'll continue to talk about that. But since we're talking about Bitcoin.com, I want to let you know that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you will find a cornucopia of information neatly organized by your needs. There's no longer an excuse for ignorance of this important world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com, where you can get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website. Visit bitcoin.com. So going on just a little bit more with some information in this article, uh, the infamous Tyler Durden from Zero Hedge, and we feature their articles here on Free Talk Live nice. from time to time, uh, wrote about investors' report published by Goldman Sachs executive David Coston. Durden writes that the latest Goldman report warns that if short squeezing continues, the entire market could crash. Who oh, no, knew? It's the end of the world. What, well, you mean like a real market would then emerge instead of this fake market that we have? And I think the, the best thing about this is
1: that like this has set a precedent. So from now on, every hedge fund, every one of these traders is going to have to actually consider, hey, is this going to upset normal people? Right. Because if we do something that upsets them, they could clamp
0: down on us. Right. They actually have to respond to the, the actual market. I, I tell people all the time, and they're like, oh, I don't understand finance and like the market and all that. And I'm like... You actually do. It's really easy. It's supply and demand. The market is just interactions between human beings. You
2: probably don't understand the regulations in any depth. Correct. That's an entirely different thing. Right.
0: And 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 getting them to understand that is where, you know, by by putting it in such simple terms, uh, they, they begin to sort of separate that from, like, what the actual market should be, and they can look at it in those
1: and it's it, it's a great ploy to get people to think that they don't understand these things so that they don't compete oh, yeah. with them.
0: Oh, I'm not smart enough to understand what a short squeeze is. Yes, you are. Just read up about it. You know, Pay attention to the articles. Keep reading. Even if you don't understand it, keep reading. Eventually, it's going to kick in. Mm-hmm. your brain will fit you know your brain will sort out everything and be like oh right because that's how oh then they did that and now they're doing it again oh right i get it now
1: yeah the, these intimidating uh complications that are completely unnecessary is a, a really effective way of controlling people in a lot of different ways Indeed. whether it's uh, law finance religion
0: the most heavily shorted stocks have risen by 98% in the past 3 months outstripping major short squeezes in 2000 and 2009 that's that's high. and uh, study details uh, this week demonstrated that unsustainable excess in one small part of the market has the potential to tip a row of dominoes and create broader turmoil, the Goldman analyst added. According to Durden from Zero Hedge, Goldman's hedge fund VIP list declined by 4% this week during the WSB fiasco. In recent years, elevated crowding, low turnover, and high concentration have been consistent patterns boosting the risk that one fund's unwind could snowball through the entire market. Goldman's David Costin concluded, and Durden interpreted Costin's final conclusion in a different way. The author writes, translation, if WSB continues to push the most shorted stocks higher, the entire market could crash.
1: Serves him right. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, business as usual is being way out on a limb on all of this stuff all of the time just to keep up with everyone else.
0: Well, and since uh, the government decided to screw with everybody uh, over the COVID bit, telling people, you know, what businesses could and couldn't be open and who's essential and who's not, who can and can't go to work, all except for everybody employed by government, of course. Not one of them bastards has lost a dime during any of this. We've seen unemployment rise to almost historical highs, Right. And yet somehow the stock market is doing great? Hmm. You know, it tells you something, something's rotten over at the Circle K. Mm-hmm. Strange things are afoot. So this seems to me to be a natural market correction. It is. It's just that we're not
1: used to seeing those. Well, and who are some of these uh, Well, the Federal Reserve
2: does their damnedest to keep them from happening. Oh, of course. Which is why they're bigger when they do happen.
1: Well, and that's why the, the very idea of too big to fail, I mean, that's the opposite of how it would work in a in an actual market. In a real market, you get too big to function,
0: and then you have to break down into smaller pieces. Yep. Yeah, too big to fail is uh, a bunch of jumbled up words that they made up to say, we're giving these guys a bunch of your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldman Sachs executives are not the only financial heavyweights weighing in on the stock market craziness in the pa- in the possible aftermath. The founder and chairman of Interactive Brokers Group, Inc., Thomas Petterfee, or Peter, it's P-E-T-E-R-F-F-Y, I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm going with Petterfee. discussed his thoughts about the stock market madness in an interview with MarketWatch financial author Mark Dicombre. On Thursday, Dicombre said that Petterfee explained that the short squeeze action could go on for a very long time unless it was stopped. He also wrote that Petterfee was worried about the systemic risk and, quote, the potential for this trend to ripple throughout the market. Well, I hope it does. Indeed. I hope it does because, you know, I was around in 2008 when the market crashed. And that's where the phrase too big to fail came about. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, These companies are too big. We can't let them fail. And so they gave him a bunch of money. And during that entire, we'll call it fiasco, there was a whole bunch of illegal things that happened, even Mm -hmm. by the government's own standards. Right. Nobody got arrested. Nobody went to jail. Not one. Nobody. No person. No individual. Right. Uh, They squeezed what, uh, who's the one guy? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was doing some you know dirty deals with. You here, know.
1: Here, here's a guy we don't like. Is that enough? Right. Yeah.
0: Scapegoat. Oh, oh, you mean the yeah. CEO? No, no, nothing Scapegoat. like that. So, uh, yeah, and you're right, Peakless Mountaineer. When a business becomes so big that it can no longer manage itself, it either dies or you're right, it breaks up or gets bought by another company. Right right absorbed in some way right bought and you know turned into something else or or whatever um those businesses those banks specifically that were bailed out in 2008 mm-hmm. should have been allowed to die yes because that's what happens if you overextend yourself, if you borrow too much, if you somehow, you know, lend out money that you don't have and can't pay back. And, you know, then your business should die. You're a bad business person. Yeah. And, and everyone's concerned about, OK, well, who's going to do these jobs that we need done
1: in order to uh, keep everything running? And it's like, well, if you had let other competitors enter the market instead of making it completely impossible to become a bank, right. then we would already have their replacements ready to go. But instead, you made all of these regulations that make it just shy of completely impossible to be a bank.
2: Well, and I mean, we don't need replacement banks. We can just let all the banks go away and, you know, continue to live life.
0: Because, well, we know that eventually banking will be replaced with software.
1: Absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of the reasons that you need this stuff to go on in the first place are already being replaced by cryptocurrency equivalents that don't overcharge everything and have so much red tape and all of that.
0: Furthermore, on January 29th, the cryptocurrency trading platform Bittrex Global revealed that it was listing tokenized stocks for a number of the shares the WSB trend has been affecting. The exchange detailed that it made this decision because Bittrex wanted to ensure that retail investors, that's the little guy, have exposure to stocks they may wish to trade anytime during any day of the week, like they should have. Oh, yeah. 603 283 6160. Is it time for the banking system to collapse? More Free Talk Live coming up. Welcome back. To the live call in talk radio program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about anything you'd like. It is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition. Our telephone number, if you'd like to join the conversation, is 603 283 6160. Again, 603 283 6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. We were talking a bit before the show about people who don't understand finance and why they don't. And we talked a bit during the show as well about that. Could it be that more people don't understand basic things like finance and the economy and how money works and fractional reserve banking because Americans are suffering from mass delusional psychosis? It's a bit of a jump. It's the best segue I got, pal, so that's what you get. <laughs> we're segueing into a different article is what I'm trying to say. This from, where is it from even? Evmagazine.com. I don't even know how I stumbled upon this, but I did. It's been in show prep for a while. Uh, Peakless, you uh, you noticed it and were like, can we do that? Can we do that? Oh, yeah. Like it's, you know, best so,
1: article ever.
0: So here we are, evmagazine.com. Psychiatrist, Americans are suffering from mass delusional psychosis because of COVID-19. Now, that might make you think a thing. It's not because of COVID-19. Whenever somebody says, because of COVID-19 generally speaking, what they mean is because the government did some things and is now forcing you to do things you don't want to do or didn't want to do in the first place. Yeah, conflating
1: a virus with the response that we have done to the virus is is, uh,
0: almost ubiquitous.
2: Yeah, the the United States Congress is not a literal virus.
0: (laughs) Although they are a parasite. The entire government is a parasitical organism. And they certainly cause disease. (laughs) They do. Not to mention a whole lot of death. The article starts, something sinister is brewing around the current atmosphere of mass panic and the fear stemming from the COVID-19 hysteria. People seem to be losing their minds when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. Perhaps that's basically what's happening. Dr. Mark McDonald is board certified in both child and adolescent psychiatry with extensive additional training in adult psychoanalysis. He specializes in the evaluation and treatment of young people with mental illness And his practice also serves adults, couples, and families. His opinions have been widely published in local and national news, including the Wall Street Journal and The Federalist. The true public health crisis is psychological in nature. Among some of these opinions, Dr. Mark McDonald believes that the crisis is not medical in nature. The country has always had enough resources to deal with the pandemic. For example, the Navy hospital ship sent to New York City to help deal with a surge in hospitalization was turned back due to a lack of patients. The same thing happened uh, on the West Coast. So the question becomes, what is the actual public health crisis that people are really suffering from? Now, before we go on. Uh, not only was that medical ship turned away from New York, and the same thing happened on the West Coast, but here in Keene, New Hampshire, they sent a team of folks. I don't know if they were FEMA or there were a team of folks to literally take over the university here in town and turn that into you know a makeshift hospital because they were anticipating a far higher number of bed count than actually happened, and so they did so. They set up bed, and then nothing happened, and they had to take it down and leave. <laughs> like, a, like a carnival, right? Oh, oh, nobody's coming to the carnival. I guess we better try somewhere else, right? So imagine if that happened here in, you know, what's Keene, 25,000, 30,000 people, right? Where else did it happen? Right. Right? Across the globe, right? Everybody's like, oh, panic. Let's set up all these facilities. Oh, oh, you're not overwhelmed? Oh, there's not dead bodies in the streets? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> you mean we're not just stepping over dead bodies of
0: COVID patients? Astonishing. Dr. McDonald believes the true public health crisis lies in the widespread fear which morphed and evolved into a form of mass delusional psychosis. In simpler words, the American public is suffering from mass insanity due to their delusional fear of COVID-19. Even when the statistics point to the extremely low fatality rate among children and young adults, The young and the healthy are still terrorized by the chokehold of irrational fear when faced with the coronavirus.
2: And young here is defined, I think, by under 50 or under 55 or something like that. It's not like just 19-year-olds.
0: Right, right. Uh, A Colorado family was recently kicked off an airplane because their two-year-old daughter would not leave her mask on. Her parents weren't even against masking. The toddler just didn't want to have a piece of cloth smothering her face. Well, I mean, nor do most people, right? I don't. It isn't even enough that her parents were forcing her to put the mask on as they covered her face against her will. They were still made to exit the flight. So these parents, wearing their masks, have a two-year-old who didn't want to wear the mask, and they went ahead and forced this two-year-old to wear the mask, and they still kicked him off the flight.
1: Yeah, it's a heartbreaking video. I mean, you you see the parent like trying to like, you know, soothe her and like pet her head while he's, you know, holding this mask over her face where she doesn't want it. And even when he's doing that, th- that's when the attendant comes up and says, you're going to have to leave the plane now.
0: I mean, I have flown s- pre-COVID where, you know, there was some sort of a fussy baby on the flight and it annoyed everybody during the whole freaking flight. And not once did they pull a plane over or, you know, make somebody get off before the plane took off because they had a fussy baby.
2: I can't see taking my kids on a plane either. Like, I'm an adult. I can make that decision to go through just ridiculous whatever. Yeah. I mean, I guess I won't be because I can't leave my kids at home while I fly around the country either. But you get the point. I can't see taking my kid on a plane even before the lockdown, before the... Like... How are you able to, I, don't, I guess I don't want to know, but how are you able to do that just in general?
0: Yeah, I saw a, um, I guess I'll call it a read option pass. <laughs> so there was a couple uh, and they had to sit like, you know, the one person was in the row in front and one person was in the row in back and uh, <laughs> they would like. Hold the baby up as, like, a signal to, like, hey, will you grab the baby so I can, like, get into my bag and, like, get a thing or what? Well, no, I mean,
2: like, not just because it's annoying, although I imagine it would be annoying to everyone to have a toddler on a plane. But, (laughs) okay, so I'm not about to put a mask on my kid. Right. And you have to go through TSA to get on a plane, so I'm not about to do that either. Right. If I decide that there's a really damn good reason for me to get on a plane, I can make that decision. Right. I don't even feel entitled to make that decision on behalf of someone else. Yeah. Like, okay, you're going to get groped by TSA today. Deal with it. Like, yeah. what? No.
0: Or put it in a microwave. Right? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Uh, the worst part of this unfortunate situation is the fact that no one else on the plane dared to stand up and back up the toddler's parents against the insanity of forcing a child to cover her face against her will. Well, <laughs> you know, not a lot of people are standing up for adults either at this point. But oh, yes, it is, it is particularly uh, upsetting. Time and time again, we hear studies about how children are not a vector for infection, yet everyone on the plane was deluded into thinking that a two-year-old who refuses to put on a mask will kill everyone. Okay,
2: well, objection, evidence not in, uh, facts not in evidence. We have, why would, that's a jump. <laughs> they could have just thought, if I mess with the flight attendants, I'm going to have problems. They could have just thought, I don't want to mess with, what do they call the air marshal people. Like, that that doesn't follow from what happens.
0: Objection noted. In the midst of mandatory masking, have you also noticed a glaring problem about people who get hysterical at those who refuse to wear a mask? Why, well, yes, I have. As a matter of fact, the scientific fact is that if someone doesn't want to assume the risk of infection, that person should be wearing a mask. And they note the N95 or KN95.
1: Well, and as far as the evidence, it just it certainly shows that what they saw happening, they didn't consider worthy of stopping, which means that they didn't think it was that unjust.
2: No, that's not true either. There's plenty of really unjust. I, I, I've been to Boston. I haven't pulled over and opened fire on the Federal Reserve Building because it's not going to accomplish anything. That, that That's not a... a judgment of how unjust it is
1: no but you do say you do say something about the federal reserve and no one on and no one says anything about speak up about it right i haven't
2: walked in and told them off like you don't know i mean come on you haven't driven by and
0: flipped them off like as you pass by the federal i've never been driving
2: while it was but um, okay i
1: I think that you have uh, uh done everything in your ability to express your feelings regarding the federal reserve
2: that doesn't mean that if I mean, I say, I, I, I say things about what I would and wouldn't do if I ever met this individual, but that does not mean that if I was on a plane run by the Federal Reserve that I would try to stop what they were doing to my own detriment and to no one's benefits.
1: <laughs> well, like, if, if I happen to be in this situation, I would at least turn and say, seriously?
0: 603-283-6160, are you suffering from mass delusion as a result of the government's reaction to covid more free talk live on the way
4: look i'm sorry but you're in for a world of pain if you use koinomi the reason is their wallet doesn't support
0: payments the solution is simple let them hear your voice Message Coinomi on Twitter, it takes five seconds, and tell them AnyPay sent you, because they're on the fence right now, and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now, or even better, leave a review in the App Store, they really pay attention there. Thanks.
3: Free Talk Live.
0: 603-283-6160! 603 6160 I'm singing the phone number. Trying to make it a jingle? That's right. It, it doesn't have a very jingly, you know, cadence to it. You know, I've seen it work for uh, less memorable numbers. Yes. Anyway, that is our telephone number, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join the conversation, we'll get to your calls and thoughts momentarily. It is Free Talk Live. You are in the right place for the Sunday night edition in the studio tonight. It's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. We've been talking about this article from Evie Magazine, uh, claiming that uh, folks might be suffering from mass psychosis, mass delusional psychosis because of well this is because of COVID-19 what they really mean is because of well all the overreaction by governments and forcing people to do things they don't want to do
1: well and a lot of it comes down to the fear mongering
0: oh of course it does uh, well and and belief right people get their information from the glowing box right that's the television for those of you who aren't familiar with my witty retorts uh they get their information from the glowing box and they go well i've seen it on tv it must be true it must be and these same people will say things like well you can't believe everything you read on the internet yeah (laughs) well you can't believe everything you see on the television either pal where'd you get Uh, that information from the internet but uh before we go on talking about that let's go to we have scott in florida calling scott you're on free talk live
5: good uh good evening everyone i hope you're all right uh I know America's not all right, and uh, you know I wanted just to follow up the other night when I called you about how I was so pleased that Reddit uh, day traders uh, shorted GameStop and AMC. What I well the, ask, the I Reddit people did not short
2: that, GameStop. Wall Street shorted GameStop. The hedge fund shorted GameStop. Where the Reddit people no? bought GameStop.
1: Right. Yeah, they well, they, they, they right. did what it, what is called a long. Uh, they they owned. They actually had the thing. It's not a short. It's well, a long. Well, I'm
5: happy. What happens? I'm happy that Wall Street got beaten in its own game.
3: The Same hedge here. fund
5: managers deserve to, uh, they deserve to be swindled, just like they've been swindling uh, the American people for generations. But what I didn't add to the conversation the other night, uh, it hits home to me because... Do you remember when Lehman Brothers went bankrupt?
0: 2008, right?
5: Do you remember that?
0: I remember 2008 very well. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, September 15th, 2008. It hit home for me because... Uh, that was the day I got a call from, uh, my broker and, uh, Morgan Stanley. And he said, uh, Scott, uh, turn on the TV. And I said, why? He says, uh, Lehman Brothers is, uh, they're, they're going bankrupt. So he says, what are you saying? And he said, uh, you know, the $190,000 you, uh, had in common stock. I said, yeah. He said, it's gone. Man,
2: and my it's father, gone. Uh, <laughs> Wait, did he advise you against doing that? Did he tell you it was a good idea to put $190,000 in one stock? And not, well, to- no, he,
5: this was before, he, this was, I had it. We helped. it. Was my father, my father's, and mine. We had it for years, and uh, no one ever thought that Lehman Brothers would go out of business. It's like if Bank of America was going to go out of business or uh, Citibank was going to go right, out of business. Right, but you
2: still. I mean, he should have advised you against having everything in one stock.
1: Yeah, putting all your
2: no, eggs in one basket. Stocks. I didn't lose everything, but okay. uh,
5: I did lose
2: 190 grand.
5: From Lehman Brothers, and uh, how long? The point wait, ha- that,
0: hang on, Scott. How long did you have the money in there before you lost it? Approximately, was it you know five years, ten years?
5: Oh, may, may, at least over at least a decade.
0: Okay, so it was a long time that you had, and you know you were probably this was part of your retirement plan and your overall financial strategy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Go ahead.
5: And uh, anyway, to make a long story short, everyone knows Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. But, you know, it didn't have to, and it was deliberate by the greed and incompetence of one disgraced CEO by the name of Richard Fold. Does that name ring a bell to you, Fold, Richard Fold.
0: I believe I heard it during the 2008 fiasco, but I could be mistaken.
5: He lives in a mansion in Greenwich, Connecticut. The point I'm making is he never went to jail. Uh, He needs to go to prison like Bernie Madoff. Uh, He's a multimillionaire. Uh, he never uh, he never uh, had had to go into jail. He never was given fines. Well, and he never went he bankrupt. Was.
2: in a In a regular system, in a free market system, if you're driving all these companies into the ground, you don't get to go home to your mansion.
1: You don't get to keep your bonuses, right?
2: Well, he, I I was reading an article of the, uh, a few
5: years ago. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's saw he's living very well. He oh. lives in a mansion.
2: Yeah. Oh no, he is. I'm yes. just saying if if this was a system that wasn't rigged you you can run a company into the ground but then you lose everything right you can't bankrupt five companies and then go home to your mansion and your maids and your Lamborghinis
0: right so like before the government got involved in the financial markets and banking in particular uh, there was something called responsibility that everybody had to sort of have Right. So if it was, you know, Scott and son's bank, you opened a bank, you had to be very responsible with everybody's money. You had to only lend out, you know, a fraction of what you had on hand because that was all the risk that you could afford to take with other people's money. Because guess what? If you lent out too much and you lost on your bet, the people whose money you lost, they would come for you. Right. Uh, So the government, of course, has put in protections right in the form of corporatism. Uh, and a- a- assorted other banking rules <laughs> and the and and since you mentioned corporatism, like that fundamentally is the
1: difference here. So the individual human being actually making this decision doesn't suffer for it right it, the The liability goes to the corporation, whereas all of the potential profit goes to the individual, and that's the the nature of the the scam that is a
0: corporation and Scott, that's why your uh this guy, Mr. Fogg, is still living quite well in his mansion.
5: Yeah, Mr. Fold. and uh, he, he's, he's not the only one. I mean, uh, the other night, if your listeners don't remember, uh, Jamie Dimon is another villain. J.P. Morgan deliberately suppressed the price of precious metals. Uh, uh, let's not. Who could forget Bernie Madoff? Fifty-five billion, not million, billion. He wiped out investors. In fact, some uh, some committed suicide in yeah. 2008 when they. Uh, and he's doing 150 years. Yeah,
3: isn't Madoff? All, made all out... of
5: these people need to do jail time. All of them. You know, I to leave you with mm-hmm. a thought. If you rob a bank and you pass a teller a note and you say $10 or I'm going to, you're going to go to jail. Even if you don't even use a firearm, you're
2: going to jail. Yep. Banks are actually really these, easy to rob. They're so pretty much instructed if you, if you go in and say, this is a robbery, give me money that, you know. I, 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 can't, I, I can't be that opposed to robbing banks, but I, I, your point is taken.
5: But these, these, there's, no, there's no recourse for these scoundrels and they are scum and they are evil. And I don't want you to be annoyed with me or with me. Uh, I don't know. All I agree Jewish, with you. No, they're not all Jewish, but Richard fault was
0: except for the Jewish part.
5: And, uh, and, 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 and Jamie diamond is, and unfortunately when they, when, when, when they cry about anti Semitism, maybe what they really should cry about is that why are they committing? These D- don't crimes? you think that that kind of way,
2: detracts from the issue though? So the issue is banking and Ponzi schemes and scams and regulations And whatever happens to these people for that, it's too good for them and something worse should happen. But I don't care about what ethnicity is doing it. Whoever's doing it should face really hard consequences and not be allowed back in any society ever.
1: Yeah, I mean number so, one, you really shouldn't be looking reading. at you, you shouldn't be looking at group membership. You should be looking at individuals performing actions. Number two, if you insist on looking at a group membership, look at the group that is these CEOs, these managers Not some kind of uh, uh, racial or religious identity. A
2: group you joined. You joined Chase Bank. You didn't join whatever bloodline.
0: Well, and let's not forget the relationship between these bankers and the government. Uh, These people jump back and forth between government jobs and banking jobs.
2: The bank and government, two different entities.
0: Okay, but Can I'm I saying say
2: one more thing before I close.
0: Okay, go ahead, you Scott. You mentioned
5: the federal reserve. The Federal Reserve. I heard you when you were discussing it. Just a fast remark on the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is not federal. It's not a reserve. It's not part of the United States government. It's a private institution, and it is an evil, evil, evil bank, and it needs to be shut down. and we need to go back to sound money, such as gold and silver. But I, unfortunately, that's not going to be the
2: case. It's the federal most reserve. evil institution on the Thanks face the of the call, earth that ever has or will be. I hope will be, but it ever has or is existed.
1: I'm and it's worth mentioning that a sound form of money exists in cryptocurrency.
0: Matt Taibbi wrote a great article that, that, also- that details all of the people who should be in jail as a result of the 2008 financial fiasco. You can go Google that. He wrote it for the Rolling Stone magazine. It's a great article that details everything. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live on the way. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for listening. It is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join the conversation. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. And I just wanted to take a second to let you know, I've been accused recently of not promoting myself very well. Somebody that I've known for, I don't know, several months at least, probably close to six months, said, uh, you do parody songs, Captain? And I'm like, where have you been? Like, well, you don't do a very good job of promoting yourself. I'm like, I don't? <laughs> so I just wanted to say go to lordkickass.com if you enjoy uh, Weird Al style parody music. Uh, except for I do far more, uh, we'll say, cussing. <laughs> uh, not all of my songs have cussing in them. For example, I did some, well, uh, actually in cooperation uh, with Ian here for Christmas, I rewrote some carols in the key of COVID, (laughs) and uh, I recorded one of them. It's uh, the little lockdown boy over at lordkickass.com. So if anybody's out there listening and you didn't know that I do parody music, go visit lordkickass.com, please and thank you. So anyway, we were talking about this article from Evie Magazine that says, that a, a psychiatrist actually says, Americans are suffering from mass delusional psychosis because of COVID-19. Now, you might be like, what? How is that possible? Uh, Well, it is. In the midst of mandatory masking, have you also noticed the glaring problem about people who get hysterical at those who refuse to wear a mask? I do. The scientific fact is that if someone doesn't want to assume the risk of infection, that person should be wearing a mask at all times when they venture outside. Well, uh, specifically an N95
1: or KN95 mask. Correct.
0: Or something even better than that. I mean, I've seen the actual masks that folks uh, in clean room environments have to wear Mm -hmm. or folks in other medical environments have to wear. It's something out of like NASA. Hmm. You know, big pipes sticking out the sides, and like it's completely vacuum sealed. Yeah, they do make
2: systems that will protect you from the elements. Right. Whatever those elements happen to be. And if you're only going out when you have to, because you thought this was actually the plague, you'd only be going to the grocery store and whatever government agencies are requiring your presence. So you wouldn't be going out that much. So you wouldn't have to be buying filters like every day or anything like that.
0: Yet, in almost every encounter, we've observed people who tend to chastise others for not wearing a mask. They themselves have always only worn an ineffective paper or cloth mask. Why would these people act this irrationally? The answer, it's probably delusional psychosis, as mentioned by Dr. McDonald. If someone were serious about minimizing all risk of contracting the coronavirus, the correct way of achieving that would be to properly wear an N95 mask, as well as frequently wash and disinfect their hands. But those who are just putting on a cloth or paper mask, as they also constantly touch their face while they adjust their mask, are. They are in reality doing practically nothing to minimize the risk of infection. Oh, there's some neat graphics here.
1: Yeah, it shows the difference between your cloth mask, your paper mask, and an N95 mask.
0: Oh, they are pretty stark, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know... We've been talking about memes a little bit here tonight. There's a great meme that says, why can you wear anything for a mask? Because it's about obedience. It's not about your health.
1: Yeah, like when uh, Richie Rich went to the uh, Apple store with a much better mask, and they said, you need to wear this one because it's not about it being
0: effective. It's about optics. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, don't wear the far superior mask. (laughs) Wear this crappy one. Because all the all the folks are doing it. Who did you need they to be give seen him one of the silly
2: it? blue ones? Yes,
1: yes. They handed him the, the silly little uh, disposable mask what and you said, doing, you need Apple, to wear this instead. It? Genius is my ass. Well, uh, well, that's exactly what it's about.
0: Optics. You yeah. need to be seen complying. Yet more often than not, we witness people who are more concerned with masking. I'm sorry. Making sure others assume the responsibility for everyone else. If you don't wear a mask, you're effectively killing grandma, screamed the pro-mask Nazis. Instead of sourcing and donating N95 masks to the elderly to ensure that grandma will be able to properly minimize the risk of getting infected, they'd rather yell and threaten others who would dare question the effectiveness of even wearing a mask at all. Instead of facing reality, the delusional person would rather live in their world of make-believe. But in order to keep faking reality... They'll have to make sure that everyone else around them also pretends to live in their imaginary world. In simpler words, the delusional person rejects reality. And in this rejection of reality, others have to play along with how they view the world. Otherwise, their world will not make sense to them. It's why the delusional person will get angry when they face someone who doesn't conform to their worldview.
1: And you do do see that behavior in a lot of different uh, worldviews.
0: Well, I see it in religion, Mm -hmm. Um, and not all religions, but I I expect that it probably has occurred in all religion at one point or another. Somebody says, no, my way is the correct way to believe, and if you don't believe that way, why, you're going to hell, or whatever it is, right? Right. And, I mean,
1: why would someone get angry for you disagreeing with them? Well... One very specific reason is because you are calling into question their worldview, and that is something that people find incredibly uncomfortable because, frankly, they're not totally certain about their worldview being correct, and you're putting a demand on their ability to process information. And they'd rather
2: be comfortable than right at the end of the day because if that wasn't the case, they'd be like, well, hey, oh, somebody not wearing a mask doesn't really prove you wrong here. It okay. would be like, well, hey, here's a new allegation or new evidence. Let me look at this because maybe I'm wrong about something, and if I find out I'm wrong about something, I can quit being wrong. Thank you for telling me I was wrong, so now I can stop, stop it.
0: We experience something like this in the freedom communities mm-hmm. uh, with folks who might not be exposed to our philosophies. And we start talking about things like, maybe there shouldn't be a government. And they go, who will build the roads? Right? We've made them uncomfortable with their belief system. They believe that, for whatever reason, they believe that without government, roads would not exist.
2: I'm a, more of a fan of just ex- sitting down with them and explaining the various ways you could get roads without a state. Right. But.
0: And,
1: and that's great when people are actually trying to find new information. But I'm when, sure... When, hey, that's new information. It right. makes them a little bit curious but when they when they respond not with
0: curiosity not even with dismissal but with With anger anger, right and i've had this happen when trying to explain how roads might be possible the person gets angry visibly like spitting angry if if they're
2: no longer engaging then you're wasting your time Yeah, you can't convert somebody who doesn't want to be converted and you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped
0: right but i'm just saying that mass delusion Exists far more frequently in this world than the average person is willing to accept.
2: Oh yeah, statism is is the world's largest religion.
0: And it's
1: truly humiliating when you realize that you have been participating in a mass delusion. So that's part of why people respond as if you are attacking their very essence if you disagree with
0: them. Indeed. Uh, 603-283-6160, have you experienced... Somebody suffering from mass psychological delusion regarding the COVID. More Free Talk Live is on the way. 603-283-6160.
6: Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living to survive. And to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war, Sarah must unite the mound builder kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series. From Bane Books at BaneBooks.com.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. You're in the right place. You've tuned into the right station. You've streamed the right stream. You're listening to the right podcast or otherwise gaining audio in some way, shape, or form. I read an article recently that um, they've devised a way to send audio signals to your head without any sort of like receiver or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So perhaps Free Talk Live can get on that station. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our our number if you want to join the conversation is 603-283-6160. In the studio it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. We've been discussing this article from evie magazine uh claiming that Americans are suffering from mass delusional psychosis. And this, is, this one says it's just because of COVID-19. And, of course, we know that when they say COVID-19, we mean the government's overreach and all of their mandates surrounding COVID-19, not the actual disease itself.
1: Including in case there are people out there that think they're different, the mass media's approach
0: to it. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, continuing on, because objective reality threatens to unravel their carefully crafted imaginary world, The delusional person lashes out at others who dare act in contradiction to their delusions. Wearing a mask becomes more about social solidarity than it is about following the science.
2: Fauci actually suggested that a little while ago.
0: Really? Yeah, didn't he also suggest wearing more than one mask?
2: I haven't looked that up to see if that was accurate yet, but I know he said the thing about... Well, first of all, he lied, but he said, well... It's more for, you know, a signal. It's more for signaling, basically.
0: Wow. I Yeah, it's virtue signaling is what it is. I read somewhere that uh, Fauci is the highest paid government employee. Huh.
2: That yeah. makes it sound like he makes millions of dollars. It was like 250 or 275 Right,
0: but that's his salary, right? We know that when people get into government positions, they use their positions to benefit financially in other ways, i.e., chumming up with people to you know make sure that their business gets favored over some other business and then later on down the line you know they'll give a a donation to their campaign or otherwise you know benefit them financially in some way shape or form
1: yeah the most straightforward way was uh said to me is why would someone spend millions of dollars to get a job that pays a hundred thousand right there is a reason
0: there's there's many of them Uh, At any rate, wearing a mask becomes more about social solidarity than it is about following science. Instead of rethinking their worldview, they have to compel others to fit into the reality of their own making. Take a look at the example of how this physician in Ontario had his account suspended for daring to point out the truth. This is Gil Nimney, MD. Uh, It looks like a Twitter. I can't help but shake my head tonight. I just finished my shift at the COVID-19 assessment center at my hospital. I decided to walk through my ER on my way to the change room. Empty, in all caps, he says. I shake my head at my colleagues who go on Twitter and TV ranting about how our ER is crazy.
2: That was not even make sense because you don't stay in the ER if something bad. If you were sick to that degree, you wouldn't stay in the ER. That's not what the ER is for. The ER is for Stabilization.
1: True, but you do see the same thing uh, with ICUs. People are talking about, oh, no, they're all full up, and no, no
0: there's, there's no yeah. one in the intensive care unit. Not, not any more full than they have been historically during a flu season. It's the same kind of delusion that drives religious... Oh, I, I pointed this out earlier. Right. Oh, nice. It's the same kind of delusion that drives religious fanatics who would kill their own daughters because she dared to dishonor her family. In those societies, not only are the honor killings acceptable, but the killers are normally protected by their own family members. In our society today, fueled by the COVID-induced delusion, it's acceptable to kick a toddler off a plane for not wearing a mask when there's evidence that toddlers rarely spread the virus. It's acceptable for tech companies to suspend a physician's social media account because he dared contradict the message that's being fed to the public about COVID-19. Those who are authoritarian in nature don't care about seeking out the truth. Rather, they'd prefer to seek out authority. It's one of the reasons why you are seeing so many people who'd happily approve the silencing of any medical experts whose views contradict the WHO or the CDC guidelines. Obey the rules becomes the more important item rather than questioning if the rules were legitimate to begin with. And we've seen that the Great Barrington Declaration signed by tens, 20, 30, 40,000 medical professionals and hundreds of thousands of other people. uh, And it's barely gotten a mention. We've mentioned it here repeatedly on Free Talk Live. uh, But, of course, the science is settled, and nobody will have any of it. But there have been brave souls who've dared to defy authority when they knew that the truth was on their side. A classic example is Galileo Galilei. Well, that's an interesting name. Galileo Galilei. Galileo Galilei. Yes. Yeah. Who dared question the ruling power's claim that the sun revolves around the earth. <laughs> it does seem rather tragic that just like Galileo, who was sentenced to a life under house arrest for daring to question the ruling authority's narrative during the Renaissance, those of us today who are also questioning the mainstream authority science on COVID-19 pandemic will end up like Galileo. As we too are placed under complete house arrest. If this sounds like an exaggeration, keep in mind how there have already been talks about banning access to facilities for those who will refuse to receive the vaccine. Ticket bastard, I'm sorry, Ticketmaster, for example, is requiring a person's proof of vaccination before they could attend public events. Even Andrew Yang, the former Democratic presidential candidate, is asking if it's possible to deploy proof of vaccination barcodes so that we can track those who refuse to be vaccinated.
1: And you definitely see us ramping up for that even here in New Hampshire, where they they had in place a, a vaccine registry, but it was optional. Yep. Uh, you could opt out of it. You had to opt into it. And if you had any religious objections, they wouldn't impose it. And then his so-called excellency decided that uh, he is the entire legislative branch as well and uh, repealed those, the, those parts of that law so that it's now mandatory for every vaccination that is done in this state to be uh, recorded in the same place. Yep. And that is obviously a first step to uh, refusing services to those that don't have whatever vaccines they decide are necessary
0: perhaps the most important point mentioned by dr mcdonald is the lasting negative effect this mass paranoia will have on future generations dr mcdonald has witnessed the highest increase of psychiatric issues among his young patients ever since the lockdowns and their closure started They've suffered more than I've ever seen in my nine years of private practice, he said, in a panel discussing the reopening of, of schools. He gave an example of a local homeowners association deciding to close their private park because they noticed that children are playing on the grass without wearing a mask. <gasps> I think we covered that story here on Free Talk Live. This was dangerous because while children were rolling around on the grass, they're also touching it and therefore could potentially spread or pick up the virus from the grass. There's
2: way worse things that are normally in the ground than a cold.
0: (laughs) They could potentially spread or pick up the virus from the grass and kill their grandparents when
2: they go home with the virus. Like, can I just sign a I won't go around old people waiver? Like if this is actually the problem, if I'm going to kill this guy's grandparents, can I just like promise not to go around them?
1: And well, a, a quick mention on the, the playing in the grass thing, too. Like, okay, yes, it does uh, potentially contain some pathogens. However, it also contains uh, the bacteria that are necessary for your microbiome. Yes. So if children specifically do not get that stuff in their mouths and in their digestive tracts, they won't be able to digest their food. It will cause them all sorts of, uh, of
0: uh, medical problems throughout their life, including allergies. Yeah. If you take children and put them in a, a bubble where nothing ever bad gets into them, right? They're not going to build their immune system. And they're going to be malfunctioning adults every time they're out of that bubble. And not
1: just not just won't build their immune system, but human beings cannot on our own digest our food. We rely on bacteria to do the the That's lion's share of the work. Yep. And if we don't get that helpful bacteria into our system, then it's going to kill us. To your
0: point about the elderly, uh, COVID had a nickname early on. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. What is it? i say that the boomer doomer the boomer doomer right because all the baby boomers are getting old now 603-283-6160 is our phone number if you'd like to comment on the mass psychosis surrounding COVID 19 more free talk live on the way Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Free Talk Live. We're here seven nights a week, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Our telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie tonight. And we've been talking about this article from EV Magazine that claims... That folks are suffering from mass delusional psychosis as a result of, well, this says COVID-19, but we all know that it's a result of the government mandates and lockdowns. Uh, And media hysteria. And media hysteria. And just people get uncomfortable when their beliefs are challenged. And some of these people have their beliefs so deeply rooted in their favorite media program, whether it's Fox or CNN or You know, uh, you name it, whatever television program they're watching, uh, that they can't get over it. They can't get by it. And so, of course, this makes them angry when confronted with new information that might challenge their belief.
1: Well, and there is a natural anxiety that people feel when you point out that where they are, what they are trusting is not worthy of the trust they give it because that, that puts the, the, the impetus on them to, okay, well, if I stop trusting this, that means that I have to put forth the effort to do something I don't know how to do, which is find a, a worthwhile source of information,
0: right? Now uh, we run into this in the freedom community anyway when we talk to folks about uh, you know our belief that government should not exist because it violates consent and just in its, its existence and people will of course get angry at us for suggesting such a thing um, and I, I equate that to people's reaction the, the getting mad part I equate that to not equate um, I. I think it's, it happens in part because people lie to children all the time. Specifically, I'm thinking about Santa Claus in this particular instance, right? Hmm. People lie to children about Santa Claus, right? And these are their parents, right? The people that they're supposed to trust the most, the people who feed them and clothe them and take care of them, right? Because kids aren't able to take care of themselves. And then these people, for whatever reason, decide, hey, you know what? There's a jolly fat man, you know, who's going to come down a chimney and leave you some presents once a year. Right? It's a straight lie. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're a kid and you're listening, Santa Claus is not real, by the way. Um, and that's got to be absolutely heartbreaking, not only
1: to realize that there is no Santa Claus, but to realize that you've been lied to about the physical existence of this person. By the most authoritative people in your life. The ones that are ordinarily the ones you can be most certain actually have
0: your best interests at heart. Right. So basically, they've ripped away your reality, right? You've believed them all up until this point in your life, until you discover or are otherwise told that Santa Claus does not exist. And it's the same reaction, right? You you rip out somebody's reality. It takes a kid a while to recover from that if they you know if they're not told in the right way or if they you know they get angry at their, their parents. You said Santa Claus was real. They get angry in the same way that people do when you start talking about how government exists in violation of consent. Right? They get angry at you because they believe government is necessary and it's real. What do you they mean? Have there's the no government reaction. benevolence, right? And the same thing applies here. ...to people who question the narrative about COVID-19 and the government overreaction. People believe what the television has told them. And when you dare to question that or present them with new information, they also get angry in the same way the children get angry when they find out Santa Claus is yeah, a If it's it was real. a lie, they couldn't put it on TV. <laughs> so speaking of children, this generation of children is basically not only being traumatized, but also being taught to accept the feeling of unjustified guilt about themselves just for being children. Yeah, imagine a kid who's told
1: because uh, everyone's freaking out that they're playing on the grass, they're being told that they can't play
0: outside because it might kill grandpa if they did. Right. Uh and these comments are not an exaggeration as the comments on YouTube showed countless adults calling the toddler who refused to put on a mask a brat for acting like a normal toddler. Or just a
2: normal person, really, at that point.
0: Yeah. It's not normal for children to grow up thinking that everyone is a danger to everyone else. We can thank the adults who are perpetuating this trauma due to their mass delusions. And in closing, as Dr. McDonald stated in one of his talks, he is concerned about the ultimate end of society's delusional psychosis. It's not unthinkable that the final outcome would be total societal control on every aspect of your life. Consider this. The end point of a mentally ill person is for them to be put under a controlled environment. That's an institution like an asylum, for example, where all of their freedoms are restricted. And it's looking more and more like that's the end point of where this mass psychosis is heading. So... I can't disagree with this uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, and
1: uh, Dr. McDonald spot on. And what's terrible right now is that the the people at the moment who are most in in risk of being put in some kind of uh, of institution of asylum are actually the ones that are going. Well, wait, let's look at
0: the evidence. Right, and. That's we here at Free Talk Live have continued to espouse hey, look at the evidence. What mm-hmm. does the evidence say? Can you point to the facts? Can you point to, you know, real, tangible, you, you know, items that show that this is indeed the case? And over and over again, the, yes, COVID is a disease. People are going to get it, right? I think we're all probably going to get it eventually, right? Well, most but, of us have probably had it. But it's certainly not the boomer doomer that they. Th- <laughs> led everybody to believe it was when it first came out with their uh, faulty models about contagions and all that kind of thing. There is uh, one more bit here at the end of this article. It looks like a tweet from, I don't know who this person is, Candace Owens. But the tweet says, it's pretty incredible to consider that right now governments are like, in order to keep you safe, we need to impoverish you, imprison you, force mask and vaccinate you plus separate you from your family. And there are millions of people out there that are just like,
2: okay. Yeah, that's the part that gets, like, they should not have been able to do this. No. If, even if they did the replace your income thing that some other countries did, like, that would be really bad, but at least it would make sense. But the government just walked up to people one day a year ago and was like, hey, how about you uh, just be unemployed indefinitely? And they were like, all right. And that was it.
1: Yeah, and, and you look at, like, each each level of this is uh, a tip of the iceberg on something enormous. Okay, so uh, one of the things that we're having a big societal argument about is uh, is free speech, like yes. whether uh, hate speech laws should exist and all of that. I mean, these, the most automatic, I mean, literally unstoppable form of self-expression is your face. Like, if you feel an emotion, your face will show it, even if it's for only a fraction of a second. Yep. And that is absolutely stopped, and people are okay with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, this isn't safe in places that have large amounts of valuables that are able to be carried in hands right. away. Like you need to look, be have situational awareness, and look at people and be like, "That guy looks like he's about to rob the place. That guy's looking for the bathroom, and that guy <laughs> that guy is... looks like
0: he's stunned or yeah, whatever." Right? Like yeah, like you,
2: but you can't. So,
1: yeah. And yeah. Uh, and another level of it is, okay, well, we're just going to stop the economy. I mean, there there was a time where people were suspicious that the government might take over the economy <laughs> and that that would be a problem. Surprise. And, and, and now we're we're cool with it. Well, how about we just arbitrarily tell you that you are now imprisoned. Not for doing anything, just for existing. Well, now you're locked in your house.
0: Yeah, there was uh, a bit of hmm commotion around the prison industrial complex for a while uh people questioning how come there's so many prisons being built and why are most of them being built by private companies you know instead of being built you know by the government for example i mean they were being built by you know in cooperate right? but you know whatever
2: they contracted kind of out but now it's just like this guy's prison
0: right now yeah the dave f smith present prison or whatever it is and so uh That kind of went away, right? We didn't hear much more about that further. I didn't anyway. Maybe I stopped paying attention to it closely. But it seemed to have fallen off the radar as far as the the mainstream media is concerned. And then I realized when this all kicked in, what was the terminology that they used? Lockdown. (laughs) Mm. We're going to put everybody into lockdown. What is that? That's a prison term. Yeah. Why did
1: they stop building the prisons?
0: Well, because they decided to use your house instead. Bingo. They, they were just like, oh, we don't need to build anything. When people already have a place to stay, we'll just make sure they stay there. The prison is your mind. You have the ability to take off the mask and go outside and go wherever you want to right now. This will only end when you do. There's no government entity that's going to come in and be like, okay, it's all over. You guys can go back to normal now. You're the
1: savior you've been waiting for on this. More Free Talk Live on the way. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great
3: Porcupine Real Free Talk Live.
0: Our number three of Free Talk Live, the Sunday Night Edition, is underway. Our telephone number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. And we were talking about this article from Evie. Uh, it was actually written by a psychiatrist who says that people are suffering, Americans specifically, are suffering from mass delusional psychosis because of the overreach and COVID nineteen. That is the government overreach, the government's reaction, the government lockdowns, the mask mandates, uh, the curfews, the all of the elements of what I refer to as uh, martial law, except for the tanks in the streets and you know soldiers at every corner. Outside of that, I mean, if you consider how militarized the police are, it might as well be martial law. I can't see any real difference between this and martial law. It's a good question. At least in some
1: places. Where does that line get crossed exactly?
0: Let's uh, go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Robert calling from Michigan. Robert, you are on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call.
3: Indeed. I
0: uh,
7: listen every Sunday night when I'm working, and i got to tell you, uh, you guys are always entertaining and full of uh, a lot of information. Well,
0: <laughs> well thank thanks. You.
7: And I love all the subjects you talk about. It's very eclectic, and I appreciate that.
0: What's on your mind tonight?
7: I consider myself—I consider myself to be kind of um, an information junkie. Not necessarily smarter than anyone, but I'm always looking at information and facts and trivia, and I'm kind of pretty good at retaining that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and you're talking about this COVID situation, and it's one of my favorite subjects. I'm one of the few people that regularly doesn't wear a mask if I don't have to. Nice. Um, I have a kid, so I kind of do that to be a good example for him. But otherwise, I I, I know COVID Uh, is real, but I think it's way overblown. And I think if the government really cared about our health and about our safety, they wouldn't just tell us to wear masks. Um, I, I think there was so much misinformation misinformation early on now it's all disinformation yep um, but I, I think that the wearing the mask thing is absolutely a joke they should be touting everyone wearing an n95 or better rather than just a mask so, and to make sure they wear it properly and they don't do that because it, like you guys said earlier it's about compliance it's about obedience.
0: So how and is wearing... I, got
7: co- I got COVID myself, and it was nothing more than a bad cold. I've had way, way worse in the past.
0: So, Robert, let me ask you a question. How is wearing the mask around your kid an example, a good example for your kid?
7: Well, I'm more of a rebel probably than I should be, so I don't want to have him be... Uh, taking that as an example to misbehave in other areas he kind of knows what i feel about wearing the mask well i think it's and (laughs) i I just want to make sure that he doesn't take that and say well if i don't have to wear if dad doesn't have to wear a mask i don't have to wear a mask and you know if dad wants to be independent and i can do what i want in other areas so
1: it's a little bit of a
7: balance with regard to him
1: i mean rebelling against
0: insanity is good yeah. I don't understand how any of that is bad. I mean, you are rebelling. You have a, you know, uh, obviously you're, <laughs> you have an opinion that differs from, well, say the mass amount of people that are in the world, but you know, teaching that to your son isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't accept what everybody tells you to just because they tell you to, you know, do your own research, do your own, uh, you know, feel it out, you know, figure it out for yourself. That's what is important, I think, to teach your kid.
7: And and we are teaching him that. I mean, for example, I'm not exactly a global warming advocate. And he knows that as well. And there are a few other things that, that are out there that the, the sheeple of this world go along with that he knows that I believe is misinformation or it's information or it, there are things that, that are out there that are basically just used to control us in one way or another. So, but at 9 years old, they're a little more impressionable as yeah. far as taking it a step or two too far. Well, He's about, pretty precocious and you got to be careful well, with that w- just a w- little bit.
0: Would w- would you consider possibly, you know, sitting him down and, and explaining what you're about to do and then going out unmasked with him somewhere in public?
7: And I have done that. Okay. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to necessarily cause any problems because, again, I'm a little bit more independent, and I get a little bit uh, defensive, shall we say, when it comes to uh, <laughs> being confronted um, arguing with authority. my <laughs> position, and I don't want that to be something where he sees that see. I'm being confrontational, and that's acceptable either because I don't take any crap from anybody.
0: I see. I so, suspect he... I, I
7: don't. I don't want him to be a. Li- I don't want to be. I, I don't want him to be quite as bad as I am.
1: Well, I mean, how is he going to take not wearing a mask too far?
7: I'm, I'm sorry. What was that?
1: How is your son going to take not wearing a mask too far? Is he going to have two faces? I mean,
7: <laughs> well, for example, they have to wear it at school, and he's he does go to school, and in, in our school district, they do attend class. So if he were to rebel as a nine-year-old in that environment, he would have repercussions. And that would fall on us to deal with. And that's not a battle that I'm willing to fight.
1: Well, I, I have to ask, uh, for, for someone who is, is willing to think for himself, why are you putting your child in public school?
7: Because we can't afford a Christian school. <laughs> Sadly. And, and we watch what he's being taught, and uh, we're careful about that. And when we do see that he's being taught some things that we don't believe is is right or is the truth, for example, global warming. I, I'm, I believe that, that global warming or climate change is real, but I don't believe that it's man-made. So in those kind of instances, he does know... How we think, and I'm not trying to brainwash him either. I mean, he's got to be independent on his own as well.
2: I mean, I don't. But again, I don't know that a private school would be much better on anything like that. They're still going to teach the. I mean, the Christian private schools are still going to teach the mainstream views on. I mean, pretty much everything.
1: Yeah, the 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 best option honestly is probably homeschooling, which has doubled recently.
7: You can pick schools that he's in on a private level or on a Christian school level that, yeah, well, are not perfect, I know that, So they're so, certainly better than the public schools. And he's not in a bad one for public schools. There are way worse ones out there as well, too.
3: So, but, does,
1: does you know, your, does when you go to school like a, that, you can't
7: fight all the battles.
1: So does your household need a, a dual income to get by? No. Well, why aren't you homeschooling him?
7: Because I'm not qualified for it. I, I did try to do that when he first, when when this whole thing hit in the spring of last year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, he's got some ADD issues, ADHD issues, and he's also got some uh, other things going on. So, I mean, and
2: you I'm not going to lie
7: to you. I'm not qualified you, to homeschool. But you're well, not qualified compared to so
2: what? Like, you're not qualified compared to. I mean, do you think that the public school is doing a better job than you? Because that would be. Yeah, astoundingly the, scary like i don't think that's actually the case i could yeah the, wanna, i mean
1: it's, that's been disproven repeatedly that uh, these so-called educational professionals uh end up with much much worse results than people who aren't trained to do it but homeschool their kid anyway
2: if you want to send me your city i will hook you up with local resources wherever you are that will walk you through that
7: i would appreciate that if you have some information yeah, so. I know that when I tried to homeschool him for the few months that he had when he was when everybody was out of school, it was I wouldn't Whoa, say, you're I'm trying to you're trying to
2: do the remote learning learning because those are two different things.
7: I, say that again.
2: Homeschool or remote learning because those are two different things. Can we hold him over?
0: Yeah, can you hold on, Robert? We're going to bring you back after this. Sure. Okay, stand by. We're, we'll bring you back. if you'd like to join the conversation we'll hear more from Robert in Michigan and his adventures in homeschooling coming up Yes, it's Free Talk Live. You're in the right spot. Our telephone number, it is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join the conversation. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Pickless Mountaineer. And Melanie. And we have been talking to Robert in Michigan uh, about the delusions that people have uh, because of an article that we were talking about from Evie magazine regarding the COVID-19. And uh, Robert uh, has, you know, said that he attempted to uh, either homeschool or remote learn with his child. And so we want to get some clarification from him. Uh, Robert, you're back on the air. Can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. Melanie, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So I guess I, I first would want to clarify what were you trying to homeschool or were you trying to do remote learning? Because
7: Um, Well, well, they shut the schools down in early spring of last year because of COVID. And they weren't as prepared for that as they should have been, which I understand, because nobody was prepared for it back then. And so they gave us some curriculum to teach him, teach the students at home. And it wasn't, and it didn't involve any remote learning at that time.
2: Okay, yeah, so and that's that's not that homeschooling.
7: Was, yeah, that was a little. That was. I, I'm not qualified for it. I'm not prepared for it. I don't have the mentality for it,
2: well, and right. I
7: don't think I would be a good teacher to my son in that regard overall. But you're
2: basing this uh, on a couple of months of unplanned chaotic curriculum that you were given by a public school that you kind of chaotically inserted into your life and your son knew that this was going to end. That's kind of hitting every worst scenario all at once. You
1: might have you might indeed have some trouble following their curriculum, which their curriculum is not designed to educate free thinking individuals. That's not what it's there for. So, yeah, I mean, you the fact that you haven't been trained to follow their curriculum is going to make it difficult to follow their curriculum. That doesn't mean that you can't actually teach them useful things. That doesn't mean that you can't actually educate them and help to bring out their natural curiosity.
2: But but there are groups and homeschooling is legal in Michigan because like you don't have to do much. I just looked it up. Right. Right. there, There are groups that will support homeschooling families and homeschooling parents, not remote learning really, because that's not what they're for. They've been around for years and years and some people have already raised their kids and they're grown and their kids are now doing this. There is people you could go to for support. Some people write their entire own curriculum. Some people use, there's Christian curriculums you can buy and then some people will just use that. Some people will use that and then tweak it to what they want or what is appropriate for their kid, where their kid's at.
1: And the the curriculum that you were handed the the little you know piece of uh, here's what you're supposed to do I mean number one that was not designed for you to do like uh, number two you, you said yourself they weren't prepared for this like they didn't have the 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 resources to say okay here's what you need to do they kind of slapdashed dashed it together so I mean it's no wonder you're having trouble following a something that wasn't designed to actually help them and b something that wasn't done well.
2: And if your kid knows, okay, we're going to be homeschooling now. I'm going to get a group of homeschoolers that, you know, we go to their events, we, we you know, I'm going to have friends there. He's going to do a lot better with that because he's a person than okay, well, now you're going to be isolated at home and hear some books. Like those are two really different
7: things. But- and, and I and I and I agree with that and that's the other aspect that is missing from the homeschooling equation. I mean, we, we stay on top of what he's being taught and what he's learning and, 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 and that kind of thing in the curriculum that they're teaching. But he does, I mean, he's proved to do much better in a social environment regarding schooling. He he did terrible by himself. Terrible. No, but he did terrible he
2: with- in a chaotic, unplanned environment. But even if that's the case, they have homeschooling co-ops that you can use. My email on the show is melanie at freetalklive.com. I'm also on Facebook, Melanie Neighbors. There's a U, extra U, the O-U-R-S. Um, If you... I actually know your city, but I don't know if that was supposed to be public. I I will email you co-ops and homeschooling groups that will... Th- there are people who have are veterans at this, and they will... Because I'm not in Michigan, so I can't tell you how to work through the system.
1: And that's a big misconception. People think that they have to do all of this on their own. They think that they they can't have their kids socialized because they're they're homeschooling them. And while that might have been challenges in the past, that's increasingly just not the way it goes. Yeah, and
0: particularly where you're at in Michigan.
2: Yeah, and I, I, there's some Christian curriculums I can send you. I'll look up what groups are actually homeschool groups as opposed to private schools or remote learning support groups and I will send you those. Um and I know a bunch of people here who do this. I'm going to do it when my kids are old enough and I was homeschooled so f- feel free to ask me whatever. Um your city the city that you gave when you called in, is that your real city? I don't yes. have to say what it is. I okay. mean it's
7: it's not my exact city, but it's close enough. Okay. Well then and I mean, okay. Well, obviously then... I gotta stay a little bit on the discreet side here. Sure. But yeah. well, you've, then given, I'll, I'll... you've given you have given your email address, and I will contact that at some point this week, and we can connect that way if you're okay, okay with that. Okay, yeah.
2: I, so uh, so then that's what city I'll look in, and then, yeah, email me. Def-
1: yeah, and for both you and okay. any listeners out there who are, are concerned with this topic, I mean, very recently, we have had the number of homeschoolers double. So yeah. while there already was a certain amount of uh, support network to help each other out with this and to make sure that they get the social interaction that they need, it is twice as much as it has been before. I mean, th- this isn't something there, you need to do on your own.
7: If there are resources that would help me regarding his uh, ADD or ADHD, that, that, that's another little twist to this, and I want to make sure that yeah, and if I, we do pursue this in the near future, that that's handled properly as well. Yeah, he does I, need a little tutoring on a couple of subjects because he's a little bit behind mm-hmm. due to circumstances beyond everybody's control. Well,
1: and, but, and, um, and one thing that I can tell you is that uh, it's going to be a lot harder to do the, the traditional sort of Prussian uh, industrial style of schooling if they have ADD because they're not fact. naturally inclined to sit still and be quiet
2: yeah and i know that new hampshire has resources for that but that doesn't really like i can't speak to michigan but i haven't looked into it i'm sure that there are people in michigan who have dealt with that
0: yeah you're not the only parent on planet earth that you know has a son with those types of needs uh, much less one that you know is considering possibly the homeschool uh advantage so uh did wait you have
7: wait, a- what, wait 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 i'm not the only one
0: what <laughs> <laughs> that's right did you have any other thoughts Thank tonight guys Robert? All right. Have a good night. Thanks no, for the call. No, it was just yeah. Thanks, Bye. Uh, bye. Uh, yeah. Good. Good luck, Robert. And you know, for the rest of our listeners out there too, uh, you know, you should consider this if you have children. Uh, get your children. In my opinion, the F out of government schools.
1: Yeah. The last poll I saw said that ten percent of people are now doing homeschooling. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Ten percent of people are doing I'm sure homeschooling. So that's
2: inflated, so. though, because some people are saying they're homeschooling right now who are not.
1: be that as it may, it's still twice as many as were before. And that's a lot of people that can help you out with this difficult task.
0: I'll take the net gain. Right. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way.
6: What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fallen land, sea, air, and the astral plane? Struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer. Peer through a glass darkly and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War III. Available now from Bain Books at BaneBooks.com.
0: Welcome back to Free Talk Live, the live call in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about anything you'd like to discuss. Our telephone number is 603 283 6160. And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain, Pickles Mountaineer, and Melanie. And you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. That also means there's no ticket cost. You just reserve your camping, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? You can relax and enjoy the camaraderie of like-minded people, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with fellow ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, forkfest.party. So, Mark, your calendar for June 28th through July 4th, 2021, and we'll see you at ForkFest.Party. Let's just go ahead with your calls and your thoughts. We've got David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live.
4: Hey, so this is your second night back on the air in the Albuquerque metro area, which Albuquerque itself is 560,000 people, and the metro area is just short of a million. Okay. And then... And this is a Sunday night, so you're heard in the central Albuquerque area and you're heard in northern New Mexico. So that's about uh, a million to a million, uh, one and a quarter million people that if they if they wanted to, could hear you on uh, broadcast radio, you know, without having to go to the Internet, they could hear you over the air.
0: Good on, evening, Albuquerque.
4: <laughs> yeah. And on Saturdays, you get another quarter million for, because the southern sedation, K-I-N-N, is – on the air, and um, let's see. We're in the United States. We're a government uh, of the people, by the people, for the people. Right?
3: <laughs> so they tell us.
4: Yeah. So so that's so that's no. so that's us right now. So I'm going to open a session of government right now, mm. and uh, and we're now officially in session, uh, uh, a government session here of the people, by the people, for the people. And first of all, I would like um, the the anybody in New Mexico to use this government forum. To call in tonight or other nights and uh, uh, express your concerns about uh, the professional government, uh, the ones that are getting paid here in New Mexico or elsewhere, and especially if you have com- uh, complaints about uh, corruption, uh, uh, I'd like to hear that. And until we hear from Seconded. you, let me—I want to. i wanna, I'll let me drop one more little hmm. tidbit about uh, what I know about New Mexico corruption and concerns, uh, otherwise. And that is, uh, so so I just defeated Raul Torres and his wife, Nasha Torres, uh, who are both uh, $100,000 plus salaried uh, 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 state employees, or yeah, state employees, county employees, uh, judicial district employees, Mm -hmm. I guess, however that works with the DA. Raul is the district attorney in Bernalillo County. And he tried to put me in prison for a total of like three years with four different charges for calling his wife's. University, Nasha Torres is his wife, and uh, at the University of New Mexico, she's the Dean of Students there, which means that, uh, like Raul, the DA is the Chief Disciplinarian for the County of uh, the Second Judicial District in Bernalillo County. His wife, Nasha Torres, is the Chief Disciplinarian for the entire University of New Mexico. And there's kind of a conflict of interest there. That's one concern. Because they're, and and actually, as proof of that, they had to transfer one of the, there was a basketball player that was charged with some stuff, and they had to transfer that out of Raul's jurisdiction to another jurisdiction in New Mexico because of that very complaint that I just voiced. Oh, no. And so uh, that should be addressed. But, uh, uh, and and there's a million things that could be addressed, but to, to narrow it down, so that's one thing. Let me give you a second one. I just defeated Raul Torres, he was trying to put me in prison for three years for insisting that I had a right to call in to his wife's radio station. Once again, his wife is Nasha Torres and her radio station is a KU the university of New Mexico radio right, right. station entirely, entirely funded with taxpayer dollars, just like her salary and the salary of her husband. And, um, they told me not to call their station anymore because they didn't like to hear me. Uh, you know, nobody likes to hear it, but, uh, uh, they didn't want to hear me anymore, and they claimed that uh, they didn't have to hear it. And I said that, "Hey, you're entirely owned and paid for by taxpayers, so I got the same rights as everybody else under the Fourteenth Amendment and and other law." And uh, they called their private police force, University of uh, New Mexico Police Force, and yeah. had me uh, charged with four different charges, and 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 I uh, ended up getting thrown in jail for three days.
1: Wow, they have a and university they've been fighting police force for five
4: years. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Pardon? Yeah, when did you win this? Uh, I, I realize it's recent, but like, has it been days, weeks?
4: It's been days, weeks, and months. I won the first of the four um, months ago, yep. and then I won the most recent of the four uh, a couple weeks ago. That's the one and I was so thinking. about. yeah, they have no more. That that was the end of them. And here's here's the in addition to the 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 concerns that I just presented. Here's the one I wanted to focus on tonight, and that is that. So they the, the prosecutor filed their uh, no late prosecution. You know, they're they're, they're no prosecution. They're not going to uh, pursue the charges. But when they you know, so, you know, uh, when that happens, people generally defendants like myself generally go, oh, well, good, it's over. But as Melanie may already figure where I'm going with this, when they dismiss it, and I asked this in court of uh, Assistant DA uh, Tominsky, Tyler Tominsky, yep. in the presence of Judge Victor Valdez, um, and it's on the court record. I asked him, uh, uh, Assistant DA Tominsky, are, are dis- uh, when you file this motion to uh, dismiss, um, is this a dismissal with or without prejudice? And nobody knows what that means, and I always get it confused. Melanie knows what it means, but in, in a nutshell, what it means is: um, can you refile the charge if you if you decide tomorrow you wake up, uh, you know, you didn't get any from your wife the night before, and you wake up and you're all pissed off, and you decide I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out on David Olson, I'm gonna refile those charges that I dismissed yesterday. Right. Um, and that's that's the case. They can they can so actually you can refile do that the,
1: if it is if, with prejudice. Is that right? You can. Melanie refile-
4: answer the question. No.
1: If it's without prejudice, yeah. you can you can bring it back up. Yeah. Okay. Thanks.
4: Yeah. So, so they they dismissed it without prejudice, so, which means that they can bring it back up again. So, my question one to Raúl Torres and everybody else is, you know, what if if you dismiss something, why don't you dismiss it with prejudice? Why are you holding that last little bit of control uh, until the time clock runs out, which it does in another couple weeks or month or two or whatever it does? Why do you do that? Why do? Why don't you dismiss it? So that uh, it's it's a done deal, right. rather than that you have the option to to refile it. That's rather abusive, Raúl Torres and Nasha Torres, isn't isn't it?
0: Well, it sounds like the whole thing that you've been through has been rather abusive. You know, I realize that uh, you know you're a frequent caller to Free Talk Live, and we have fun with you. I would hope that another radio station would have just as much fun with you as we do here on Free Talk Live, and we thank you for the call tonight, David. Um, He's been in an interesting battle, that's for sure. Would you care to clarify the non-prejudice versus prejudice?
2: So, if you're di- you're dismissing with prejudice or with without prejudice, the complaint or it's usually whatever they call it in that jurisdiction. Yeah.
0: Is there like a an expiration date that he alluded to? You know, like if they, there's
2: a statute of, statute of limitations on whatever the crime is. Okay,
0: and so that that applies to the dismissal.
2: Well, it applies to they can't prosecute you once that so whenever it was alleged to be committed. So yep. if it's a week away from being two years and the statute of limitations is two years, it doesn't matter how many times they've filed it and then dismissed it before once that two years is up. As long as the trial hasn't started, you're done.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, continuing on, let's go to Lee calling from Planet Earth. Lee, um, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hello, everybody. Hey, listen. I wanted to speak to the uh, people that are struggling or thinking about homeschooling, and it's. Um, uh, hey, Lee. I, I, I apologize. Can
0: Can you hold on? Can you stay stay with us? Yes. All yes. right. Yes. Thanks. I just hear the music coming on, and so we'll we'll bring you back shortly. Just stand by, because uh, I want to talk to this human being or potential alien who's calling for Planet Earth. We think. (laughs) Well, we'll find out more about where this earthling is calling from. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live on the way. Welcome back to Free Talk Live, the final segment on our Sunday night edition. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. And I need to take just a second and say thank you to VenCam. VenCam is a platinum level amplifier. What does that mean, you might ask? Well, you can go over to amp.freetalklive.com and find out all about our amplifier program. Basically, we ask for you to contribute 5 bucks a month. You can contribute more. Uh, Vencam contributes, I don't remember what the platinum level is, but it's pretty high. So he's a platinum level uh, contributor to the program. And what this money goes to is to help us get on more radio stations exclusively. We're on something like 190 radio stations, maybe a little more than that by now. But we could be on 200. We could be on 250 radio stations. It's all up to you. If you like our programming, you like the content that we bring, you like the personalities that we have, please consider becoming an amplifier and helping us get on more radio stations over at amp.freetalklive.com. There are some perks. If you do become an amplifier, you get some special benefits and that kind of a thing. And uh, Vencam, thank you for being a platinum level. Which is at least $25 a month. 25 bucks. Thank you, Vencam. So uh, let's go back to, uh, I presume you are a human being, Lee, calling from planet Earth somewhere, but I, I, I didn't actually ask you that when I screened your call. So Lee, you are on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
8: I am on planet Earth. I'm just uh, I'm underneath the Milky Way, just south of the Big Dipper. Compared to the Milky Way, I'm just a little bit south of the Big Dipper. Okay, it is the subdivision they call Planet Earth.
3: But yeah, so uh, I wanted
8: to speak into the homeschool. Okay, and um, anybody that's struggling or thinking about homeschooling, uh, like Robert, thinking he's not qualified, let me tell you, me and um, you know, back in the '90s, I couldn't read, write, spell. Um, just couldn't do it, you know, and, and somewhere in the 90s, I started reading the Bible, and once I got the scriptures and I started reading, now I can read, my spelling's horrible, but uh, before that, uh, I had my daughter, uh, I ended up homeschooling her until she was nine years old, and it was simply through, I guess it was a Becca, but it was simply through, you know, just going through a book, open it up, help her work through the, the reading process, and Uh, By the time she was nine years old, she was past me with reading, writing, and spelling. Wow. Uh, So, you know, if anybody else... And I'm telling you, I'm qualified to be a ditch digger. I don't (laughs) mean with a backhoe, I mean a shovel. Every (laughs) once in a while, they might let me use a pick. But, um, you know, anybody could do it. And, you know, there's nobody on this planet that loves that child more than the parent. So... If That's you right. uh, think that you know they're struggling with ADHD, any any label you want to put on it, you just got to you know uh, expect them to uh, to have struggles with it, and just love them through it, walk them through it, and be patient and diligent. I mean, Melissa's her name, but you know she uh, she can speak into it more than any, because she's been through it. But um, when my daughter finally, you know, when she was ten years old, she wanted to go to um, to public school. It was the stupidest thing I did, but. Uh, uh, I let her go. Well, that next year uh, and the year after that, uh, she was already past that with her homeschooling. She, you know, she already knew everything that the kids were learning at that. Uh, you know, so it was like she was doing nothing for the next two years because yeah, that, what they were going through, she had already gone through it. That frequently uh, but, happens know,
0: I, with the homeschoolers, Lee. That, like, I hear it all the time about how they are academically, you know, in front of, ahead of the game compared to their public school counterparts.
8: Yeah, and she's right now. She's got her own horse thing going on, where she's a a equestrian rider and and teaching other people how to ride. So, you know, she didn't lack in any type of social skills. And you know, I'd take her to work with me, and um, she'd hang out, you know, and meet, you know, people that uh, that I was with. So she was, uh, oh, I mean, she was with me, just forever. Anyway, don't don't be bashful. Don't think that anybody else could do a better job than you just because they got a a degree. You know, you love that kid more than anybody on this planet then, for everybody who's listening.
2: Pu- the public school are really, and uh, private schools too, are kind of necessarily more behind because you have 20 to 30 different kids in the same classroom and they don't really split you out for subjects until high school, I think. One person might be really good at math and a little behind in English and one person might be really good at English and a little behind in science, so they have to teach to... The The person who's the most behind in every subject, whereas if it's just your kid, I mean, and you can have more than one kid and teach them separately because you don't have 20 kids. If your kid's a little bit behind in English, well, maybe you do some more remedial stuff in that, but then they can still progress in everything else. Whereas if they were in a public school or a private school, they would be held back in everything until everybody catches up. So that's kind of necessarily the case in a group setting like that
1: and doubly true now that there's the no child left behind thing and that and, work for me. Yeah, and as far as the outcomes on this i mean the information is just crystal clear homeschoolers uh, average out at like 80 percent higher test scores it's true yeah. so i mean uh, that that is what an unprofessional uh, doing this uh, gets you
2: that...
0: yeah any other thoughts lee yeah, but thank you for your time, guys. Thank hey, you. Thanks thank for you. listening. We appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the science is settled. Homeschooling rules. I mean, <laughs> I, I am being funny, but it's there is a whole boatload of data that suggests that homeschooling is a far more effective method for children to learn. And this kind of ties back into our
1: earlier uh, talk about uh, mass delusions. Yes. Because uh, if, if it bothers you that you might, you know, not be doing the best thing for your child by sending them to a public school, you might really want to look into that idea. Why does it bother you? Yeah. You know, why does it cause you anxiety to think that, OK, well, maybe you're not because a lot of the parents like once they actually take a look Uh, When they're allowed to do so, because plenty of schools don't allow this uh, when when they're doing this remote learning stuff, when they actually take a look and they're like, wait, that's it. That's all you're learning. Yeah.
0: You had alluded to the Prussian school system uh, earlier in Mm -hmm. our conversation tonight. And I just want to reiterate that to our listeners who may not have heard that the Prussian school system was developed to create obedient factory workers. And soldiers. And soldiers. This is where the rows of desks come from. What they wanted to do was be able to train these people to, you know, pull the levers, hit the switches, you know, that kind of a thing. It was never designed to be a. A daycare, if you will, where it was responsible for teaching children how to grow up and be a part of society. It was never designed for any of that. It was designed specifically to train people on menial tasks and to make them incredibly obedient. Now, if you look at the United States public school system, you will realize that that is the outcome that you're getting. You are getting Again, to your point, Melanie, people having been taught to the room's lowest uh learner, right, but then also a high level of obedience specifically to the state, and so they are very successful at those two things. what they're not successful at is the delusion that everybody else believes they're getting that their kids are getting when they send them to public school yeah if you want your children to be
1: obedient, gullible, naive, then send them to send them to school. If you want them to be capable, then raise them yourself. I mean, if you're going to put up if you're going to put so much so much resources into these human beings, why on earth would you not want to, you know, give
0: them the 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 benefit of your learned experience? Yeah, and if you are a person who values freedom, what can be more freeing than Showing your children that it can be done by leading by example for them yourself and helping to bring about some change by doing a more free version of education that statistically shows is a better form of education. I can't think of a better way. And I mean, part of the reason that that you end up
1: having to go to trade schools and so on and so forth is that they spent over a decade filling your head with statist propaganda and not bothering to make you capable of doing anything at all. I mean, can you, can you balance a checkbook? Do you have a, a trade, a skill after they've spent... A, a, how many hours of every single weekday for over a decade uh, supposedly educating you no you're you're good for approximately nothing because it is and it's a, a dark secret it is daycare that's all
0: it is yeah it's and it's modeled in the same way that prisons are modeled yeah right the the bells that you learn in school that's all pavlovian response stuff You know, when you hear the bell, oh, oh, time to stop this subject when that's not how learning occurs. Learning doesn't occur for 45 minutes and then a bell. And increasingly, even the architecture of public schools is designed by the people that design prisons. We are out of time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you missed any part of the show, go to freetalklive.com and find our archives. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Peace.
4: From there, I went on join the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found
0: the ideas of Liberty. Your amp will directly change more lives by getting free talk live in front of people looking for talk radio online and on the air. You can help by joining the AMP program for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com and getting perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com.